everybody, and welcome to Unaired, the show where we take TV shows canceled with episodes left unaired, review them, and then pitch our ideas for how they could have continued. I'm Ed. And I'm Andy. And this week, we watched a garbage pile of garbage called Super Nerds. I think we watched, like, what is the equivalent of uh, pre-ejaculate uh, Big Bang Theory. Pretty much. Like, that's the vibe it kind of had. It, it felt like it was trying to be like an HBO version of Big Bang Theory before Big Bang Theory existed. It is essentially the primordial ooze from which uh, Big Bang Theory uh, stepped out of. Yeah, like Jim Parsons at the very end poked his head through and goes, Ooh, I'm going to snap off a piece of this Kit Kat bar. I could see his hand coming out in the background. Um, it was it was kind of hard because this was like a 90s fever dream. So I wasn't ready to hear Bazinga uh, this early in, uh, you know, or actually this late in the uh, 20th century. Yeah, exactly. You know, Bazinga has its time and place. And that time and place is not 2000. Yeah, we were waiting. It, w- wait, was this 2000? It was. So this was an unsold pilot that was made... Starring Brian Posehn, uh, Patton Oswalt, and Sarah Silverman. And it was not uh, picked up. Nobody bought it. It uh, And if you think that's like a stellar cast and that, you know, maybe we're just being like nitpicky here. No, that's not the case. Uh, I think I speak for both of us when I say that we're fans of these comedians. Yep. And... Uh, I mean, even as bad as this was, I was expecting some uh, shining light to reach the surface, but nothing came through. Everything was absolutely awful here. Yeah, I went in with like decent expectations because I saw who was involved and I was like, oh, them's be funny. But then I watched it and hated every second. I actually feel like what we watched was... Something that Brian Posehn and Patton Oswalt wrote while they were in like their senior year of high school or something like it felt like the kind of thing that you write with a friend and you wrote it late at night and you don't run it by anybody else. You just produce it and uh, you just put it on the screen and it's not funny and all the jokes trip over themselves (laughs) and yeah, it's just like one of the worst things I think I've ever seen in general. Worse than Capital Critters. Oh, it's definitely worse. What threw me off the most is that it's a single cam show, not a multicam, but it has a laugh track, but a very, very quiet laugh track. Like, it's 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 barely audible. It You know what it felt like, um, speaking about these two as well? Well, not Patton, but Brian was on there. Uh, Mr. Show. It felt like yep. Mr. Show. It felt like a weird, absurd sketch that they were pulling, and I was waiting for the punchline. Like, I was waiting for a Bob Odenkirk to step out and play some wacky character, but it just never happens. <laughs> it, wait, you didn't see the post credit scene where Bob Odenkirk comes out and goes, let's take pictures of your taint. <laughs> uh, he's got a beautiful taint. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, it's just so bad. And actually speaking about Mr. Show, I think other than Patton and you know what, I'm not even sure if this is true, but I think everybody who was in this episode was somehow affiliated to Mr. Show at some point. I mean, you're probably not wrong. Aside from that one blonde lady that just showed up. 
Oh yeah, that's just a soap a- uh soap uh opera star. Yeah. So the show starts off with a physical like poster board not poster board but like rolled up like (laughs) poster and they try and do a star wars opening scroll and it's brian posein backing up holding the one end of the poster and Patton oswald holding the other and Patton is narrating what is written on the poster why don't we we set the scene here for a second too so uh Let's describe the video quality really quick. It looks like your dad's uh, DVR camera that you may have stolen out of the attic at some point. Um, Or a camera that's been sitting in the garage for a bit too long. Everything's very grainy and VHS-like. And we're in a parking lot and everything's like overexposed and it looks really bad. And it looks like something you may have filmed again in high school with your friends. This looks like a 1990s like college freshman who thinks he's a film major but isn't and he's just like, "Oh, I can do that." It's like that. It it feels like the 1990s vomited and this is what it left us with. Unfortunately. Like one last vomit right right before Y2K. It just like <laughs> Y2K, one last vomit. <laughs> I still just... have my t-shirt. <laughs> And this is what we're left with, this fucking smudge impression of Patton and Brian. So the uh, opening scroll uh, reveals that the two characters are named Gail and Leslie, both female names now that I just realized. But Oh, I never even picked up on it, yeah, other than Gail, Leslie. Yeah, Gail is uh, Brian Posehn, and Leslie is Patton Oswalt. And they work in, well... I don't know if it's established if Gail works in it, but Leslie is the manager of the Dungeon Planet comic store. And they make a joke about like the Phantom Menace in the Wild Wild West, about how they're both terrible. <laughs> like saying like, oh, their friendship endured Phantom Menace in Wild Wild West. Yeah, I mean, it feels like something that they plucked from their actual lives. Like, it that felt authentic. But then as it continues, it's like... It's like the show just grows a hemorrhoid out of nowhere and spews everywhere. Yeah. So after that, we get our first shot, which is the comic book store. And Gail is on a stool slurping an empty soda. And for some reason, there's a laugh track going on. And Leslie's like, there's no trap door. You can stop slurping. And I I don't think I got that one. Yeah, it was a. Uh, do you do you know what that one meant? Like he's saying, like you don't need to keep slurping on the soda. There's no like extra soda in there. Oh, like there's a trap door leading to this mysterious Mountain Dew. Well, f- I can dig into this for one sec. I think that's wrong, because I think when the ice melts, it's a little bit like a second drink meant to hydrate you. I mean, you do have a point there. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna write a strongly worded letter <laughs> to Brian Posehn and Patton Oswalt, and we'll you know what we'll CC uh, Sarah Silverman on it because I don't know how much creative <laughs> control she had, but we'll CC her on it. <laughs> yeah, and do you uh, do you guys understand that you you should be putting ice in your drink because soda dehydrates you. Uh, it's really tasty and good though, and a little bit of Wawa after uh, not the not the place, the water, 
a um, little bit of water afterward. That wouldn't hurt nobody. I mean, that's not what corporate America taught me, so I don't believe you. So, uh, Gail is reading a comic, and he complains about how it sucks. And they get into this whole tirade about, oh, well, if the first issue sucks, I stop. And Gail says, I have a four-issue rule. I read the first four issues, and hopefully they get better. And then there's this whole back and forth where it's like, I have a four-issue rule. You're a four-issue fool. Yeah, well, you're a one-issue tool. And then some random guy in the comic shop laughs, and they stare him down. I forgot about that guy. I've never felt more uncomfortable (laughs) than how I imagine that guy feels. I, I felt uncomfortable just watching this. Yeah. It felt like wrong. Like it did. So, something was off. It felt like this was never meant to be seen. And like Patton tried to bury it in his backyard. And then a dog freaking like Balto came over, dug it up and ran it to Hollywood. I mean, if this really was the show that they wanted to sell to Comedy Central, you'd think they'd put some more acting into it i don't know i mean you think they'd put some kind of writing into it (laughs) i mean the show literally starts with like some fucking like limerick or something yeah (laughs) Um, we'll we'll get into a second the uh lovely writing oh boy i i just wanted to point out before we continue i'm looking at my notes and uh i have three notes that are very similar uh it says this is painful. This is painful. This is creepy. Is that Adam Sandler's wife? Is what Adam Sandler's wife? The blonde lady? <laughs> yeah, I know it's not now, but it was a thought that I had. Did you look it up? Did you check out her IMDb page? I did, yeah. Ah, it's a shame she wasn't on here. But we're not even, I mean, we're kind of close to that, but we we're still have close to it. a major hurdle to get over here. Yes. So... They have a conversation about if Leslie got the passes for the convention and they start making fun of the costume contest and they just start trying to make what seems to be they're trying to make puns, like making Star Wars characters into fat names, but they kind of flop because they have Fat Vader, R2-Fatso, Princess Leia, or Fata, because that was... (laughs) genius apparently that one makes sense that oh my god i i hated i hate you Patton. you put me through this let's say that uh this goes on for like a minute or two like they drag this one out like this is gonna be the big sell that draws all the viewers in to loving this pitch and then we get the uh stereotypical joke about star wars and star trek because uh, Gail mentions a fat Star Trek character and he goes, oh, we're switching from Star Wars to Star Trek now, huh? And then we get the title sequence, which looks a lot like the Stranger Things font. Oh, yeah. I'm wondering if, you know, like they sold that to Stranger Things. Yeah, let's let's talk about this uh, title intro for a second. Like it. Have you ever seen Jacob's Ladder? No, Jacob never invited me to his treehouse. Oh, well, there's this there's this um, effect that they use in Jacob's Ladder where it's like um, they speed up people moving and they move like 
very unnaturally fast, like almost like they're just vibrating in place or something like that. And the intro here kind of does that with these two comic book nerds just standing there. It's not very interesting, but like it's very jarring. And then this horrible title card pops up, which is completely black. And the only splotch of color is this small typeface in the center of the screen that reads Super Nerds. And then we get to, uh, then we get to, uh, Leslie, he's on the phone. He's trying to broker some kind of, of a deal. And he's arguing the guy on the phone saying, no, I want both of them. I don't want just one. I want both of them. That's going to come back later. And then we meet Boskin, which I couldn't tell if he was like, I didn't know how to spell his name. I didn't know if it was Boskin, Bosgin or what. Boslerman. Boslerman, yes. Boslerman shows up and everything gets all super bright and fancy and there's a musical number. And honestly, the best part of the episode, hands down. So Boskin comes in and he's like, they're like, oh, what are you in here to use the bathroom? And he says, it's my store. I can take as many craps as I want in here. And this is when a hot blonde lady walks in and they both fawn over her. And she goes, hey, do you guys have Pokemon? My son loves that. Leslie gets tongue-tied. She picks up a bag, and it's got the fan from Scooby-Doo in it. And Leslie screams, don't take that out of the bag. (laughs) And Gail starts following her way too close and gives this little exposition about how they met. And there's a flashback to them on the playground arguing about comic characters. I think it's if Daredevil could beat Wolverine. This, Yeah, and this is Gil and Leslie we're talking about, how they yes. met. Yeah. Yes, and it's a little flashback of them getting beat up while talking about that. And when it flashes back, he goes, so that's the first time we got beaten up together. And it like hard cuts like in a wide shot of him just standing there, no one in front of him, and the blonde lady has already left. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Um a couple things about this scene too. Um, it's I read it less as like they're getting tongue tied as they're getting progressively annoyed with this woman. Like they're so nerdy and they might think that she's attractive, but she pronounced Pokemon wrong. So already strike one. Strike two is almost taking the mystery van out of a bag. Strike two. And um, I don't know if there was a strike three. But you're absolutely right. Brian Posehn was way too close to this woman and at certain points was touching her. And that was weird. That wasn't even in the script. He just started doing that. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, interesting Brian Poseinisms uh, in this show. Oh, also, those kids, they weren't being beaten up. They were just being like pushed into a fence or something. Like very lightly. Man. 90s kids don't know what they know what they had. <laughs> like, like they were being gently nudged against a metal fence. Well, isn't that how you were bullied? Yeah. Well, then why are you trying to poke holes in their logic? <laughs> I, don't, I don't. Can anyone successfully have a conversation while being bullied? Like with somebody else who's also being bullied? 
Have you ever played the hit video game, Bully? I don't remember anybody having conversations in that. I just remember one guy who would follow you when you fought kids and say, the winner gets to be my friend. Oh, well, little known fact, that kid, Patton Oswalt. He grew up to be Bruce Willis. He grew up to be Bruce Willis. <laughs> he was in Moonlighting. <laughs> he was in He was in Moonlight, the hit, the hit Oscar winning film. Yeah, Bruce Willis is in that. Yeah. He's in the background. He plays the moon. <laughs> Good night, Moonlight. Good night, Moonlight, starring Bruce Willis. So they start like mocking each other for how they acted around this girl. Like this whole like, oh, I'm Gail. I'm going to try not to soil my pants while you talk to me, blah, blah, blah. Like that kind of thing. Mm. And another woman walks in and we get to commercial. And as these two are kind of staring at this woman, Boskin comes out, and apparently he was reading Spider-Man while he was dropping a deuce, because he comes out saying, if Super Spider bite me, I charge people. I am businessman. And there's this whole, like, exchange about how, like, he sends money to his brother, you're gay. And Gail goes, wait, what was his name again? You're gay. No, you're gay. And it was like, ugh. Classic, classic. This is 100% like a high schooler wrote this script. Yeah, I mean, I have trouble. I mean, I get it in some ways, right? Like, they're both young-ish. But even then, uh, Patton Oswalt and Brian Posehn seem like they're, I don't know, like early to mid-20s here? And they're still writing jokes like that? (laughs) Like, like some of it just feels like low-hanging fruit. Well, that is the fruit that Patton Oswalt can reach. So, oh yeah, yeah. So then they realize that this girl is in the new comic section, so they start staring at her over there. And some kid comes up to ask some questions, and they just keep cutting him off, going, "No, no." They don't even look at him or anything. And the girl turns around. Turns out it's Sarah Silverman. She's playing a character named Gwen, and she goes, "Oh, this one sucks. I'll just take this one anyways." And He's just like, oh, well, if it sucks, why are you getting it? And she says, well, I have a four-issue rule. And Gail goes, oh, thank you. And she knows their names. She's just like, yeah, Leslie and Gail. And they're trying to figure out where they know her from. And Gail says, wait, you're not a former gentleman, are you? That one gave me a little giggle. Yeah, it's just the phrasing of it, like how he asked the question. You're not a a former gentleman, are you? (laughs) Yeah, I I think that one gave me a little chuckle as well. (laughs) Literally the only time I chuckled during this episode. I I am going to be honest. I liked Boskin. I thought that was a good character. I thought they could have done a lot with him. I I laughed at the Spider-Man joke i thought that was funny (laughs) but i don't yeah i don't like what they i don't like anything else (laughs) yeah so gwen it turns out went to junior high school with them and leslie was the only one that voted her into their club which i think was the dungeons and dragons club it looked like it yes it was but everybody else voted like no she can't join and leslie's like super awkward around her 
And she's like, well, new comics are on Wednesday. I'll be back. And they go off and like have this like whole other argument like they did before. Not argument, but they were picking on each other about like, oh, look at this, blah, 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 like that kind of thing. So after that, uh, we cut away. It's a commercial. And when we cut back, this is when Leslie and Gail are just kind of sitting, staring off into space. Mm -hmm. And Gail in his mind goes, look at that hobbit dreaming about all that hot, nasty, deviant sex he's going to have with Gwen. And then it pans over to Leslie. And in his mind, he's going, once I get those cheat codes, I can get to the next level of Resident Evil. I had some qualms with this joke. (laughs) What were your qualms? Uh, Resident Evil doesn't have levels. I mean, you are correct. It does not, to my knowledge, have cheat codes, although I may be wrong. Well, this was 2000, so this had to be like, what, Resident Evil 3? Yes, you you would be correct, I think. So I think, I mean, that was like still PlayStation 1, like the era of cheat codes, so it is possible. It's possible, but there's no levels. And no, there is that cheat code that makes everybody have a bobblehead and then you can slam dunk the zombie. Everybody has a boner. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> everybody has a boner and you can you can stab the zombies with a... With your with, boner? With your boner. <laughs> you press B five times and it enables boner mode. If you run really quick into a zombo, they will annihilate themselves in the sheer force of your boner. Um, but no, uh, I, I have a, a problem with this because it kind of invalidates these guys being nerds. So like they don't like he's playing a game. He thinks there are cheat codes, which there may be, but he calls them levels and that's not accurate. I will agree with you there. There are no levels in Resident Evil. So are these guys like bad nerds? I mean, they're certainly not good nerds. Yeah, I mean, morally speaking, they're not good guy nerds. They're they're bad boy nerds. They're bad boy nerds. But I just I don't know. Like I don't know. I'm overthinking it. It's, it, <laughs> it bothers me. Though. So and walks a guy, and it turns out to be the guy that Leslie was talking on the phone with earlier, and he has Kirk and Picard bookends from Star Trek, and. He wants to buy them as a set, but then uh, Gail is just like, no, I want to buy them. So the guy that's trying to sell them decides, you know what? I'm going to auction them off to you individually. He sells one to Leslie for $50, and then Boskin comes in, and he just starts bidding because he's like, oh, well, you nerds want it, so I want it. And he ends up getting it for like $165. And Leslie's kind of pissed off about the fact that he only got Kirk. And Gail is holding the Picard bookend and he's getting pissed off and he's like, yeah, well, you got a bookend and a girl that likes you. And he gets angry and smashes the bookend and it shatters. <laughs> Brian Posehn has, uh, I have a theory about him as a person. I think he has like unrequited rage. I think he has this like inner animosity that he's always bottling in. And I think the show lets it loose a couple of times it does like his unbridled rage is let out in these weird like shrieks he's so strong yeah that's the other thing so he's like super strong like hulk and he shrieks this 
a very unique sound every single time he destroys something. I don't know, Ed, what is your best approximation of the the scream? All right, so like he's playing with the he's playing with Picard and he's like you got the girl. Ah! It's like kind of like that. Yeah, it's like a uh, his voice cracks and he's just very upset. Yeah. They hulks out. He posains out. Actually, that part kind of made me laugh too. <laughs> Come to think of it. <laughs> So the transitions in this show are weird. Like it's supposed to be like a meanwhile type thing in comic books. And we get one of those transitions that says the next day and the broken pieces of the bust bookend thing are uh, still on the counter. And Gail says, oh, if this was a shitty sitcom, we would I would have stayed here all night trying to glue this back together. (laughs) That okay, that felt like the best joke of the whole thing. That one felt like it was like they were trying. Yeah. I think they were banking on that joke. Yeah. The whole thing rested on that. But unfortunately, all the executives turned it off after five minutes. (laughs) Or after fucking one minute of the (laughs) parking lot scene. (sighs) Do you think they filmed that right outside of the studio's parking lot? I think absolutely. I, I don't... I think that they probably paid like $300 to rent out a space and they needed to get it all done in like two hours or something like that. So they just rushed through everything. So Gwen shows up because it's new comic day now and she keeps like trying to subtly but not so subtly. She's horny. Yeah, she's horny. She's trying to ask out Leslie and asks if he's going to the comic convention and she kind of suggests like yeah we could go together and enter the costume contest we could be batman and catwoman and gail comes in and says well i mean catwoman's a villain so those two really wouldn't be together and then she says okay well we could be like green lantern and scarlet witch and this sets him off he freaks out because one's marvel and one dc one is dc and he goes (laughs) off in his like little shriek and she leaves And then there's an exchange about, like, half of me wishes that you would, like... Or half of me is glad you're around because it's fun to watch you crash and burn. But the other half of me wishes I had Wolverine powers to use Admantium Claws. And Gail says, it's Adamantium. Who's keeping score? Me! And then he runs away. (laughs) Oh, uh, I think... So, just to set this up a little further... Um, as a reminder, Gail is not an employee at the store. No, Gail's not. Which, it took me until this next scene to realize that he wasn't an employee. (laughs) So, Boskin comes in, and he's, like, pissed about the whole thing getting shattered. And he says, I was going to sell it for $400, but if you pay me $50 and never set foot in this store again, Gail... I'll call it even, because it's worth the $350 loss to never have to deal with you. So he does it, and Leslie goes out back to lock up, and Gwen shows up while Leslie's gone. But for some reason, uh, Gail, he says that he's out on a soda run, despite the fact that he's literally just out back locking stuff up. The fact that that is my nitpicky 
nitpickiness for this show. <laughs> it's it's confusing. Why I pinpoint that one specific moment. Because I do not it, know. It, it throws you for a loop. You're not expecting it. You're like, oh, maybe he'll just tell the truth. That's easy enough. But it's like... I don't know. It's it's just, it's weird. There's so many weird things happening here. Yeah, there's something very weird coming up. So uh, she asks if Leslie's dating anyone and wants to know, like, why doesn't he like her if he's not dating anyone? To which Gail says, well, he would never go out with you because he knows I like you. Well, you were shouting at me. That's because I like you. And she goes, <laughs> well, I don't like you. And then we get this weird zoom into um, Gail's brain. And oh, I forgot it's, about this. Yeah, it's like this weird like purple planet. And Leslie and Gail are dressed in like oh, these weird, so weird, these weird like army uniforms, but like space army type uniform. I don't know. It's like shitty starship troopers. Exactly. And Gwen is just like, I must go back to Earth with you. I'm in love with your crewmate, Leslie. And he keeps going like, Oh, ha, you don't know what love is. You're an alien. And then they, like, fly off. Then we get to the next scene where Boskin comes in yelling at Gail, saying, hey, I thought I told you never to set foot in this store again. And he says, well, I haven't left yet. And <laughs> and Gail says, hey, do you want to shoot some hoops tonight? Yeah, bring the Dreamcast over to my house. And that's the end of the episode. That's the fucking end. Yeah. <laughs> The weirdest thing, though, is the way this show ends. It's this weird song that's just, like, listing off comic character names. Oh, yeah. And for a second, I thought it wasn't over because it, like, freeze-framed. Yeah. But it was, like, Doctor Doom, Catwoman, Spider-Man. Red Hulk. Yeah, exactly. Do you think maybe they were trying to do a Billy Joel, we didn't start the fire type thing, (laughs) but with comic book characters? I mean, I don't know. It just kind of... It, there's like not even a lot of music behind the lyrics there. It's Red literally Hulk, Batman, he's the guy that's got a plan. <laughs> Lex Luthor, Spider Man, Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> I I don't think so. It comes across more as just like if like a an eighth grader was reading some Shakespeare sonnet and it was all superheroes. <laughs> What light through yonder Catwoman breaks? Black Panther, Red Hulk, Green <laughs> Lantern. <laughs> oh my god, it was horrible. So it's yeah, the, that's how the that's how the episode ends. This is the fucking worst thing I've ever seen. And normally, I like bad things, and I'd say watch it because it's so bad that it's good. Um, but this is not one of those cases. <laughs> no, not at all. This is just bad, bad. Like it, it's a couple of people who you know could have done better. And you're just disappointed in them. And well, you know what? I don't even know anymore. I'm, I, I don't even know if I have faith in Brian Posehn anymore. See, here's the thing. This. I feel like if it was like a bunch of no-name actors, it wouldn't have felt as bad. But the fact that it's Brian Posehn, Patton Oswalt, and Sarah Silverman, like they could have done better. And that makes me sad. And the guy who plays Boskin is um, one of the major players from Mr. Show. Uh, yeah. I don't remember his name, but even him, like, I, I mean, still, I thought he was the best out of it because he was funny and he was playing a bit character, but like, why is he here? And like, I don't know. Everything just felt like a disgrace. <laughs> yeah, very much. And the, I think the worst thing to happen was 
after the credits, the Comedy Central like promo played. Yeah. And I was like, you're pitching it to there? Like, like that's where this went? To I mean, keep in mind, this was also early 2000s Comedy Central. I know, but... So I will give them credit on that. I mean, I guess. I don't know what the live action shows look like on uh, Comedy Central at this time. I mean, I know obviously they had like South Park, but I don't know what other programming they had. Like five other shows that got canceled in one season. <laughs> take a chance on this. Take a chance on me. All right, so we're going to take a quick little break and then we'll be right back. I'm the kid, Ruben. I'm the mom, Dawn. And we are Kid Tested. Mother Approved. A weekly podcast where either a theme is picked for us or we pick it ourselves. And then we pick a movie for each other to watch based on that theme. And I hope you check us out. And one more time, we are Kid Tested. Mother Approved. Do you ever wonder what would happen if you had a robot select three random elements and then gave those elements to pretend entrepreneurs and then those pretend entrepreneurs use those things to inspire amazing pitches? Hi, I'm Derek, host of The Wild Pitch, and I'll tell you what would happen. You get an absurdist Shark Tank-style show called The Wild Pitch. New episodes every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever podcasts are found. All right, so Andy, had this godforsaken abomination somehow been picked up oh hey abomination that's a comic character that could be in the song um <laughs> abomination <laughs> what kind of episodes do you think we would have seen um okay well i have a theory and i want to run it by you okay we left the comic shop once in this entire episode and can we even acknowledge whether or not that was canon? I mean, it was just the intro of them being in the parking lot. That's true. They did have flashbacks, though. But I'm getting to my point here. I think that this show is going to reveal that these two characters live in a sort of purgatory, a la um, Waiting for Godot, um, and they can't leave the comic shop ever. There's specters that were murdered in the comic book shop. Kind of, yeah. I mean, and so it's not very funny. Neither was this show. Yes. No, no, no. And that's what I mean. The show doesn't get very funny moving forward, but it does get very uh, cerebral and very dramatic as it moves forward. Huh. And, so it takes uh, like a, it shifts tone. Yeah. And it becomes like basically lost. It becomes the next lost. <laughs> well, it would have been the first lost. Oh, it's true. So Damn. this was ahead of its time. It was very ahead of its time. That's why Comedy Central didn't pick it up. Um, so that's one of the ways I think it could go. I think another way it could go is that uh, we do leave the comic shop and we just destroy it. Like, if, if we're going to continue this season, we need to give these guys some uh, impetus to enter the real world. And so long as there is a comic shop in their reality, they will never leave. <laughs> it's kind of like, um, you know what? I really, oh, it, it's like the bar from Cheers. Like it takes forever to leave the bar. But if we just burn that bar down, well, then everything would have to take place outside of the bar. That's true. 
Or you just get a montage of them rebuilding the bar. (laughs) Which could also be uh, entertaining. So what you're getting at is you want them to burn down the comic store and start going to the bar from Cheers. And also create a spinoff for Boskin. Boskin. Called called Boskin. And it'll be like their Frasier. Yes, exactly. Boskin could be like a businessman that's like buying up strip malls across the America. And Yurge is his uptight brother who... Oh, there we go. We get some character development for Yurge. <laughs> yeah, we develop that so he's more than just some flat joke. <laughs> flat homophobic joke that they make yeah. offhandedly. <laughs> he becomes more. Um, but those are a couple ways I could see it going. Um, I guess I'm curious... Uh, what you have in mind for how the show would move on. See, I feel like it would have leaned heavily towards like the Bing Bang Theory type feel. So like a few episodes I could think of would be like, so this one's called The Phantom Meanest. And like, oh, obviously, yeah, obviously, Leslie and Gwen are going to end up getting together. Yeah. So they're on a date, but he finds out she likes The Phantom Menace. And he tries to hide this from Gail because he knows Gail loses shit and go into his like weird shriek rage. And then she just kind of, she's like in the store one day buying a comic and she does like a Jar Jar impression. And he's just like, what the (laughs) fuck was that? She'd be like, Misa like this comic. And he's like, get the fuck out before I eat you. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. wait. (laughs) A couple things. Um, Number one, I think what you've written is uh, actually going to be an episode of the show. So I think you've nailed the accuracy here. Um, I want to make a suggestion uh, for moving forward. Can we confirm that Gale is a cannibal? Oh, 100%. We're going to get like little inklings of it throughout the series. Mm. Like I'll like slip up and be like, oh, you know, my favorite movies, uh, Silence of the Lambs. Can't wait for Hannibal to come out. Hmm. And then by like the end of the series, he's like full on eating boskin yeah oh my goodness yeah that would oh it would be such like a a dark joke to like sprinkle throughout the season and then kind of build that into something like bigger like there's an intervention that happens like in the penultimate episode and then you know we (laughs) we have to take him down in the the season finale oh see i thought you were going intervention like they're all gathered around like Gail, you can't keep eating people. That's what I mean. Like, like they they have that, and then it doesn't work, so they have to actually take him down. And they just use, like, their shitty, like, toys from the comic book store. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's like gremlins. Yeah. They get their, like, weird pop-up lightsabers. Uh, do you think there would be a gremlins episode? Oh, of course. I don't know how they'd do it or what it'd be about, but it seems, probably... seems like something. It'd probably be more of like a parody of Gremlins where like some shady like guy just shows up and he's just like, well, I want to trade this comic book in, but I'll also give you this weird dog thing. (laughs) Okay, can I ask you a question? Um, Do you think the Gremlins, in your opinion, were weird dog things? Or is this like the knockoff Gremlin that they have? This is a knockoff gremlin. So, so you so, don't you don't think this? Okay, originally, 
that's the first thing that came to my mind. But I'm going to steer away from that because I don't want to be bullied right now. So <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I, I'm just curious because <laughs> I, I don't know what I, I think they're like if a hamster had sex with a, a monkey or something. They're like weird living Furbies. Yeah, but let's pretend for a second that Furbies aren't real. How did they get here? I think I think a hamster had sex with a monkey. <laughs> I mean, I could see that. I mean, but, it could be a. It could also be like a hamster and a dog because, like, it's got those like weird, like floppy ears. <laughs> but but they walk and they have opposable thumbs. Hamsters can stand up on two legs. They don't have thumbs. Neither do. Oh well, shit. I, I you beat me. You beat me there. There has to be monkey in them. There's got to be a little bit of monkey. Do you think this is like several generations of evolution down the line? Oh, do you think? So you mean like... uh, Maybe it started off with like monkeys and hamsters. And then like a parrot just jumped in somewhere so they could talk. Oh, I forgot they talk. Yeah. Um, Maybe... um, Little theory here. Maybe they are fully ape. And uh, there were two lines of uh evolution similar to like homo erectus and uh whatever the other one was um yeah so maybe maybe it went down the line that you know human happened but also gremlin happened okay but in that case i do have a question for you yep if we don't evolve from gremlins why they're still gremlins no we didn't evolve i know i know i just wanted to make the joke I also think that gremlins, um, the reason why they turn into creatures when they get wet is because uh, they were cursed by a wizard. But anyways, let's get back to the pitch. <laughs> So anyways, but yeah, like they could do like a gremlins parody episode where like Gale like sells like some expensive comic book or something for what essentially turns out to be a dog with like some weird wig on or something mm. like the, the guy tricked him like, oh, it's a real life gremlin, but it's a fucking chihuahua or something. Mm, and then he's like, and uh, don't feed it chocolate after midnight. Exactly. And then they feed the dog chocolate. And it dies. <laughs> because, yeah. okay, but like if somebody tells you don't feed it something after midnight, you know you're going to feed it something after midnight. You want it. You want to see that thing go buck wild. <laughs> if, if someone tells you not to feed a dog chocolate, you know you've got to feed that dog chocolate. Well, that's how you unlock the secret abilities of a dog. Duh. Yeah, little known secret, everybody. This is not false information. Give your dog chocolate right now, and it'll do a fucking backflip off of I-93. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd like to say, uh, legally, don't do that. <laughs> um, we, do really, we, so do we, we do not condone. We do not condone chocolate and dogs mixing. Legally, you shouldn't do it. But according to secret laws, you can do it. According to Infowars.com. <laughs> renowned home place of former uh, Smashing Pumpkins frontman Billy Corrigan. <laughs> um, okay, so I-, I like it. I like it. I like where you started here. What what else have you got? Uh, so obviously we got to have a D&D episode. Oh, yeah. So like it's going to be called D&D and Boskin because... The three, you know, Gwen, Gail, and Leslie, they have their weekly D&D game. And then Boskin's going to show up and he's going to be like, I don't know what y'all are doing, but I want to play. I want to be included. 
And they keep getting annoyed because he has no idea what he's doing, but he's getting great roles. He's doing amazing. He's like slaying everything. And then Gail goes, you know what? I'm the DM. I'm going to manufacture situations to kill off Boskin. But he keeps like hauling right, rolling high numbers. And at the end of the episode, they're going to realize none of his modifiers are real because he wrote his character sheet on some accounting report. So it's going to be like plus 1000 or some shit. <laughs> Wow, that that's complex. Well, Boskin is a complex character. <laughs> also sounds like a uh, Star Wars character. He does. He, he makes me think of Bosk. Yeah, Bosk. The uh, hit Star Wars uh, character, Bosk. <laughs> Everyone's favorite. The fucking dinosaur in a spacesuit, Bosk. <laughs> um, I, I like your idea. I had another idea for how it could go. All I right. think... Um, it turns out to be a really beautiful episode about him. Like he really gets into his character and he's really into all the character development and all the moments. And he's like overly emotional at every single thing that's happening in the game. And, um, everybody's like really turned off by the game because he's getting like too into it. Okay. I see where you're going here. And by the end of it, they, uh, they finally understand who he is as a person. They realize that D&D killed his parents, and the only way to to get revenge is to beat D&D. Yeah, he had to become D&D man. D&D man, yes. Oh my god, I'm, I'm sorry. This is totally off topic, but I just thought of something like really great that I want to use this podcast to uh, uh, springboard into Hollywood with. Okay. Okay, you know about 23 and me, right? Yeah. Okay. So, uh middle-aged Wait, that doesn't make any sense. You have to be 23 for this to work. <laughs> um okay. Oh, I'm the perfect test market. I'm 23 years old. Me too, me too. Um okay. So, a 23-year-old person uh t- does 23 and me. Um but they take out too much blood or something. I don't know, they die. Uh 23 and me kills them. Um and so somebody else, or, or that person's brother or sister or or sibling or something, they have to become 23andMe, man. So you're pitching the next entry into the MCU, 23andMe, man. <laughs> and he, uh, they touch you, and they know... <laughs> they know your background. <laughs> yeah, they know all your, your family history. So well, they, they'll touch you, and they're like... percent German. You're like 2% Navajo Indian. <laughs> but, okay. I see what you're getting at here. But to what purpose? What is he doing with this information? <laughs> is his grand scheme to fucking, like, target ads to you? He's selling your demographic to Facebook or some yeah, I mean, shit? I guess, I guess they, they make a lot of money, uh, and they're really good at making Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> unrelated to the superpower (laughs) (laughs) so i think the only way this series could end is with like a generic like oh no the comic store is closing down type thing Mm -hmm. so i feel like they're gonna they're either gonna go with just like oh it's closing down shit let's get out of here or they're gonna try and do some like weird fundraiser trying to save the comic store Ooh, i like that okay yeah i think as it gets closer to the end of the season, I think you're totally right. The comic shop's going to close. 
Um, I think something's going to happen with um, Sarah Silverman's character uh, where she um, needs to leave or something like that. Maybe she started dating somebody else. Like there was a fight and she's oh, going to no. she's going to leave town or something like that. Um, and so by the end of the episode, they they're going to keep the comic shop open. But she left. She left town. Oh, no. And then they could end it like, so you want to come over and play hockey? Yeah, I'll bring the PS2 or some shit like that. Yeah. Like how Seinfeld like bookends the whole series with that one button joke. For some reason, this reminds me of uh, the season finale of How I Met Your Mother in some ways. The series? No, the season finale. Which season? There were nine. For the first season. Okay. Okay, I see what you're getting at. Where, uh, spoiler alert, where Lily uh, just leaves. Yeah. It would be like that. Yeah, I could see it. What other cool characters would show up on this show? Oh, obviously we're going to get Mark Hamill on this. Oh, <laughs> he's dying to get on here. Oh, of course. But he's going to only talk in his Joker voice. But they're all going to get pissed off because they're like, no, we're trying to have a serious conversation. And he's like, riddle to be this. And they're like, that's not your character. <laughs> um, what other big nerd star? I think um, in the same vein as like King of Queens, like we could get Lou Ferrigno on here. Oh, totally. Uh, Adam West. Definitely Adam West. Um, Who else? You know, this is a big get, but I wonder if it could work. William Shatner? Oh, God, that'd be like that'd be the series finale them trying to yeah. save the comic book shop and William Shatner shows up. He's just like, so I heard there's a fundraiser. This shit sucks. And he just like leaves. And then Mark Hamill shows up. Yeah. Yeah. It should be like they tie together their Star Wars and Star Trek tension. And Oh, what if, what if the way that they try and fundraise to save the comic book store is they have a fight between Mark Hamill and William Shatner. Oh, that's a great idea. Like a boxing match. Patton and Brian, we just wrote your show for you. You're right. And then the whole series could end with like a Rocky freeze frame of the two about to like punch each other in the face. <laughs> I love it. All right. All right. Let's buy it. Yeah, let's buy it. Wait, I'm going to tug on you real quick. Ew, uh, I, that's I, just, I just have a question. Yeah. How much money do you think it costs to buy the rights to this show? To buy the rights to this show? Yeah. Um. I don't know, like, at least $5. Do you want to buy Super Nerds? I think we should. Let's start a GoFundMe. And we're going to buy Super Nerds. How do we buy Super Nerds? <laughs> do you I'm have... serious. Can we, can we, like, tweet at Patton Oswalt? How do we buy this? I think we need to DM Patton Oswalt. Slide into his DMs. I... I'm serious. I want to own the licensing rights to super nerds well that's our there's our first ever uh unaired campaign we're gonna we're gonna try and get the rights to super nerds i absolutely hate it and i think it needs to be destroyed so i want to own everything affiliated with it and just get rid of it. you're I like wanna... that website that wants to like find all the uh cartridges of shack food and destroy them yes yes i um i did want to mention too um, something that we were talking about before uh, we started recording, which was the the similarities between this show 
and this other show that came out which had a kind of a similar premise and remarkably I watched it this week and didn't realize it was something that you had in mind for the podcast um, which is called Welcome to Eltingville or something like that, right? Yep, it was a uh, Adult Swim pilot that didn't get past the pilot. There are some stunning similarities between the two, and I don't want to hold this up too long, but one of which is a uh, almost like an auction for a Boba Fett toy um, where two nerds, one fat nerd and one kind of like small skinny nerd, um, auction this Boba Fett toy off by going through a trivia like competition. Yeah, that is a thing that happens. <laughs> it's, it is very similar. I will give you that. There's some, there's some creepy similarities, but overall I enjoyed, uh, welcome to, El- welcome to El- whatever. Uh, welcome more, to Eltingville. Yeah. More than super nerds. And it's not that good. It's still bad, like really yeah. bad, but yeah. But yeah. So I think that's going to do it for this episode. Um, at Pat and Oswald, at Brian Posehn. I don't know if those are your handles, but like tweet at them and give them, you know, your, give them it all. Be like, hey, how do we, we get want, this? Yeah, be like, we want at Unaired Podcast to have the rights to Super Nerds. So I'm calling on you to get us the rights to Super Nerds. <laughs> please, please. Uh, 2017 Super Nerds. Um, let's give this a hashtag. Uh, I mean, we could go like hashtag don't take it out of the bag. What about hashtag unsuper nerds? Hashtag soup un nerds. Yeah. Soup on nerds. Like soups soup. on nerds. Wait, hashtag soups on nerds. Yeah. Yes. Hashtag soups on nerds. Let's get rid of this. Let's let's mail let's get the licensing rights and let's mail it to Elon Musk and let's fucking shoot it to Mars. Let's get it out of here. Okay, but then that's gonna backfire. It's gonna end up on like fucking Saturn, and the Saturn <laughs> aliens are gonna think that's our culture, and they're it's gonna come t- to Earth one day and be like, "Oh, what's up, buttholes? <laughs> You're gay." Yeah. Oh, like the super nerds, am I right? They're gonna have a religion to super nerds. It's all your fault, Andy. It's okay. I'm just helping out Patton. Yeah. All right. So that's going to do it for this episode. Follow us on Twitter. We're at Unheard Podcast. Follow our Instagram. Check out our website, unheardpodcast.com. Check us out on Facebook. And I think that's about it. Yeah. Oh. I, I think that's, that's about it. So also, I'd like to uh, formally announce, I have announced on Twitter, but through the podcast, I'm going to formally announce that... Andy and I are actually in the process of making an audio drama. We are, we are, and it's about gremlins. Mm-hmm. And it's called, uh, it's called Gremlin Manuel Miranda, and it's uh, a rock opera starring Lin Manuel Miranda as a gremlin. And Gizmo Duck. <laughs> and, and Gizmo, yes. So yeah, that's uh, that's the that's end of this episode. Along. Yeah, it's coming along. But no, we are working on an audio drama. Uh, So just kind of stay tuned for more details on that. Other than that, I am Ed. And I'm Andy. And just remember, some things like this show are better left unaired. Bye. Bye.
Welcome to the Something Random Podcast, where sometimes we talk about movies, sometimes we talk about television, but we always talk about something random. I'm your host, Charles. And I'm your co-host, Michael. I'm Scotty. My name is Joel. Okay, so what we do in the podcast is we answer questions from our audience like, what does, uh, what would Batman sound like if he was played by Tom Hanks? Uh, okay, Joel, go. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, I, I gotta go uh, get the, the Penguin and Catwoman. <laughs> oh, in my Batmobile. <laughs> All right, and at the end of the episode, we make original movies, ideas for movies. Go. Uh, uh, Apollo 1776. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so the idea here is they go into outer space, they come back, they're back in time, and, and they crack the Liberty Bell. Oh, no. Those astronauts. <laughs> you can find our podcast wherever podcasts are found, and uh, we hope that you have a wonderful week. <laughs>